Hello, good afternoon. Thanks for tuning in to the MedVets. On this podcast, we have Drew and Sarah joining us from Brides Against Breast Cancer. What is Brides Against Breast Cancer? Brides Against Breast Cancer is a nonprofit organization, and they do a lot of focus on breast cancer research, early detection, and awareness. So hopefully we learn a little bit more about, you know, what programs they have, events they have coming up, and, you know, maybe how the listeners can donate. So make sure to tune in and subscribe. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. appreciate you having us on to, the, to talk about it. We definitely feel like it's important to be discussed all the time, especially during the month of October when a lot of people put a lot of focus on it. We've had a couple of testimonials from um, a family and a, and a wife. Even though I know we focused on it mainly in October, it's something that we want to make sure that we maintain the message throughout the year. And I personally think that Brother Against Breast Cancer does that every day and every month of the year. Well, very cool. How, how long have you guys been doing this? I did look at your overview on the internet, but I'm sorry to gleam how long you've been doing this. So we have about 15 to 18 podcasts under our belt. We're still kind of getting the experience. We're updating our, our website right now. We're going to be doing more with social media since we know that we kind of on, we're onto something and we've gotten a, a decent following. We've gotten a good support from the healthcare community. We're going to branch out and extend it some more. So we've been doing it now for a couple of months. Fortunately, COVID has kind of put a damper on a number of things. So we've been doing it, you know, some calls either in person and some are on Zoom. But uh, we're, we're getting the knack of this. Yeah, well, that's cool. Well, we're going to help out any way we can. We can certainly put something in our newsletters. And uh, I will personally think about any military contacts that I have, or maybe it's vets, if that's the more specific focus. Anyway, I know that has some influence in the vet world. Definitely. Um, so Drew, can you start off and share with us how you started with Brides Against Breast Cancer? So my involvement with uh, Brides Against Breast Cancer started on a very personal note, which is when my wife, well, at the time, fiance, uh, was shopping for a wedding dress. You want your wife to look beautiful and she wants to have a nice dress that she can get. But she came across this uh, charity, which was founded in 1997. It was called Brides Against Breast Cancer. And the short was you could buy really nice pre-owned wedding dresses for, you know, 80, 90% off. I wasn't able to go because, you know, I was surprised at the wedding. She was super happy with the selection. And so, I mean, very specifically, she got a, and I remember the numbers because it's my mind. It was a dress that retailed for 4,500 bucks and she got it for 850. So that was exciting because A, she looked great and she was happy. But it was also exciting because that was saving, what, 3,600 bucks or so. We could put towards the wedding or other stuff. So that's when I became aware of Brides Against Breast Cancer. Roughly about that time, you might have heard of a social enterprise company called Tom Shoes. And um, anyway, this concept of social enterprise came about, which was you know having a viable business, but also doing good and supporting worthwhile causes. So I thought it was interesting because Brides Against Breast Cancer, they got, I don't know if it was half or so of the revenue from selling the dresses and half through normal donations and support of the community at large. So anyway, I just thought it was very interesting. I'm on their newsletter. So fast forward, I discovered that they ran into financial difficulty. This is around 2016. I felt bad. This nice organization that done so well, 97, was having financial difficulty. So anyway, I inquired and kind of jumped in and 
I'm giving you the short story because it's better for us to focus on other things for this uh, call. But I got very involved in trying to turn around this charity and kind of understand, you know, the, the issues at hand. And part of that, or a big part of it, was is the world of wedding dresses. You tell me how far you want to get into it, but the world of wedding dresses has changed by your behavior patterns changed. The way organizations run things have changed. I kind of jumped in, became the executive volunteer executive director. The mission definitely remains the same, which is a heavy focus on awareness and early detection education. Then Sarah joined shortly thereafter. She's our operations manager. She's on the call. We are a nationwide 501c3 charity and really trying to figure out the best ways to make an impact if you can get into the details later. And that's how I got involved. And then that's how Sarah got involved. That's where we are today. So is it true uh, that your father was an ex-Marine? Yeah, so I love your cause because it kind of ties into the military. But yes, that is the case. Actually, my dad uh, was born on 4th of July. My dad fought in World War II, Korea, and Vietnam. He went to the Naval Academy with uh, Jimmy Carter. And uh, every year we would get a hand-signed thank you card. I never met him, and they were like close friends. But that was kind of cool growing up. Because of all that, I have a really uh, strong endearment to what the, the military does and an incredible appreciation because there's so many things we take for granted in this country, not realizing the sacrifice that a lot of people have done in the military. So anyway, that's another reason I love, you know, supporting your, your, your show MedVets. Thank you. That's, that's pretty amazing. So thank you for that. And, you know, of course your father for his service and uh, all that you guys are doing at Rise Against Breast Cancer. Yeah. Well, thanks. Anything we can do for anyone we'd like to do. So hopefully they'll come across in this uh, discussion. How does donations work? How are people able to bring in, you know, dresses and where they go from there? On that front, you know, we get donations and then we repackage and clean the dresses and then we sell them. It's easier to kind of jump to how do you sell them, which is actually not so difficult. A lot of people appreciate getting a good deal, just like my wife. The trick for us is, is trying to get people to donate within three years after they become married, because that's when the dress can be donatable and we in turn can resell it. Even though you might be supporting breast cancer or it's a good cause, we can probably appreciate that a lot of women want to have a dress that's somewhat in fashion. And that's just how the real world works. And so, unfortunately, we do get a lot of people who want to donate dresses that are 5, 10, 15, 20. We've had some dresses come in that are 50 years old. Um, oh, wow. They want to donate. And unfortunately, yeah, we just can't take it. And we thought, Sarah and I joked about doing a museum on um, legacy wedding dresses. Anyway, that's what our, our challenge is. So on the donation side, we kind of put on a message to brides. And then we're involved in, you know, certain activities to get us exposure. A little over a year ago, we were featured on NCIS Los Angeles, the television show, top 10 in the country. The main character, Kinsley, she decided to get her dress at our charity. So it's like a, over a one minute segment just on us. And that gets exposure because they have tens of millions of viewers. And that created our phones to light up, including like articles in New York Times, et cetera. We also work with salons and designers because it is a fickle business. And so in their world, when something is three to six months old, we like to have a good relationship. Of course, they check us out. And if they feel comfortable with us, then we're glad to take a donation because their dresses might only be six to 12 to 18 months old. Again, anything less than three years, sometimes up to five if it's a really classic design. But right, So I have a few questions for you, Drew or Sarah. Why specifically the three-year mark? And then what, what happens, like, let's say if someone as big as Keith comes in and brings a dress, I kind of like it, but I'm, I'm not the size of it. So how do you guys go, go about that? Not just with wedding dresses, but with any kind of fashion. Fashion is ever-changing. So when you go to look at your wedding dress, you want something that's in style and the styles of wedding dresses kind of go through a change. Usually it's about every three to five years, the designers change their styles. 
So you want something that's fashionable. You want something that's in style. So as soon as you get married, that's the time to donate your dress if you want it to be able to be reused. A lot of people, when they go to look at their wedding dresses, they're looking for something that's off the rack. Even though it is pre-owned, they're still looking for something that is off the rack. That's fashionable. That's something within that that same. There, you do have your few brides that do want a, a vintage dress, and they are looking for something that's from the 70s or the 60s, but those are very few few brides. Most brides want something that is in style, that is right now. Um, and since your designers are ever changing their styles, unfortunately, once you get married, after you hit that two or three year mark, your dress is no longer in style. There are a few wedding dresses and styles that are classic styles that are gonna be in style a little bit longer or they kind of mm -hmm. rotate back around. And those styles, sometimes we can take that are going to be five or six years old. But those dresses are, you know, retail for eight to $10,000, sometimes up to $15,000. And a lot of times those brides aren't the ones donating their dresses. So those are kind of far and few between. So that's kind of why we are really pushing to make sure you don't hang on to your wedding dress and you do donate it if you feel like you are going to donate it ever. Luckily, that is kind of the trend that we're heading toward. Your millennials and your, you know, your brides that are getting married now, they aren't the ones that are hanging on to their dresses. They are the ones that are getting rid of their, you know, they're the millennialists. So they're, they don't have huge houses where they're hanging on to all their belongings anymore. So we are seeing that trend to where people are donating their wedding dresses these days. Yeah, and, and the thing about millennial, uh, millennials is once they get it on Instagram, they don't need it anymore. So they're able to uh, donate it. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Once they get their pictures taken, I, they, they don't need it. That, that's what they want. It. They want it for all their pictures, their photo ops, and then they're ready to donate it. And so we're really trying to gear towards that generation because that is where we're seeing the donations come in now. We try to communicate it and then over a period of time, we got flooded with dresses that don't match and that cost us, you know, X per dress to process it, inventory it, et cetera, doesn't match. What we do now is that the people have to fill out a form and send photos ahead of time. It actually requires a little bit of work to donate, but it's, it's goodness for everybody because it doesn't cause a big waste of gyration for everybody. Because the last thing we want to do is take a dress that we can't really do anything with. One way that we help make that go smoother is people do fill out a form before sending the dress to get pre-approved. Pre do you guys do anything as far as education or preventative towards you know breast cancer? Any programs? One of our big pushes that we do is we partner with the salons that donate to us. Right now we have almost 200 salons that are our donor salons. Some of them only donate to us once. Some of them donate to us several times a year. Once they become a donor salon, they stay in contact with us and we send them our preventative educational flyers, which is something that we've been doing since I've been with the company. And they're just a flyer that talks about breast cancer education and preventative education, more importantly. They typically have them out for their brides, for their staff, for anyone that comes into their salon. So I stay in contact with these bridal salons. We're also trying to expand out to other areas where women mainly go. So hair salons, nail salons, stuff like that, so that we can get more educational flyers out there. And it's more just about early education prevention so that more women can be informed because that's the most impactful dollar that we can do is finding out early on if you have breast cancer, doing your monthly breast checks, 
this is really the most important thing that a woman can do is just be um, educated on how you can find out if you have breast cancer, how you can check yourself, talk to your doctor about it. Because the earlier that you find out these things, the better your chances are to beat breast cancer if, in fact, you do end up being diagnosed with it. And so to build on what Sarah said, uh, we reach out to bridal salons, hair salons, nail salons. And the reason why is we really believe in relationship marketing. There's a lot of awareness of you know, uh, breast cancer, but it's really getting people to take action and to do it. And so it's like, what can you do to really move the needle? And so it's almost internally, we call it a, an awareness ambassador, but we have to find champions in these various salons I mentioned before. And believe it or not, we're actually finding champions now in actual weddings. So when a bride becomes an awareness ambassador, they will go ahead and disseminate, you know, for example, 250 flyers and education packets and put some branding up at their actual wedding. And some of them can ask them to donate to our charity. So we're, we're really trying to be on the side of impacting real change because there is a lot of awareness, which is great. Not that we're psychologists, but you know, in a weird way, there's so many studies on psychology. You know, some people are like aware, they still won't take action. It's kind of like a psychological trick, which is where you're saying, do this for yourself, but also do it for your family. You can't leave them alone. You know, you have to protect yourself and your health. And sometimes it's a different way of phrasing it to get people to take action because it's been out there for, you know, a good 20 years, but the breast cancer awareness is, you know, overloaded to a certain degree. So that's why we're going through relationship marketing. No, and I get that. And some people, you know, it's been out for so long and I'm, I'm going to tell you, some people still aren't educated, well educated on it and they're not getting their regular checks. Some of our listeners out here, they probably want to be one of your champions or partners and maybe a stylist. So how can they get in contact with you if they're looking to become a partner or a champion? Yeah, well, Sarah handles that portion. I'll let her jump in. But internally, again, we're about to turn it into a formal program, but we call it Awareness Ambassadors. And mm-hmm. we have to kind of gamify it. That's the modern world. We're kind of alluding to millennials just for the fact that, you know, more younger people get married than older. Wow, okay. Um, I'm certainly on the older spectrum. But, uh, you know, kind of gamify it to make it interesting for them. But Sarah can talk to that. Yeah, how is it gamified? I'd like to hear more about that. They can always reach out to my email and I can be happy to send them more information. So my email is just clientservice at bridesagainstbreastcancer.com. So they can always reach out to me and I'm happy to get them more information on how that we can connect and get their company involved and get more information out to them if they would like the educational brochures for their employees, for their staff, for their customers, anything they'd like to do. And if individually they want to sign up, we have a volunteer sign up. So when we do different events or projects around the country, you know, people fill it out so you know where they live. And it just says, if we have something comes up, then that would relate to them. And then on the Gamify side, it's basically, you know, it's kind of uh, using your honor. If we say, hey, did you hand out 20 pamphlets and look people dead in the eye and say these two sentences? then we know we might send them a a pin, like a high quality pin. It's a company called Tervis, but it's like a really high quality insulated cup that has graphics on it that just kind of make it fun and kind of omnipresent, but it's not cheesy. Just kind (laughs) of puts a little bit of visual pop because it's pink. Pink is definitely the color of the day, every day here. We want to reward people for Mm -hmm. for helping us get the message out. Do you guys have any upcoming events that, you know, our listeners can know about? Maybe probably not in the Dallas area, but you know, anywhere around the U.S. or virtually now. As of right now, we unfortunately don't, we don't have any scheduled events because of COVID. We typically do a common event in October, but we've had to postpone that. So we'll probably look to hopefully do one of those in March. We just wrapped up an event with Kendra Scott, which we did get to do that virtually this year just because of the virus. For the month of October, we 
call that National Donate Your Wedding Dress Month. And so we have partnered with several salons around the country that have been designated as drop-off points. So instead of having our brides ship their dresses in, which sometimes can cost, you know, 30 or $40 for the bride, they can reach out to us and we can see if there is a salon that's close to them where they can drop their dress off instead. And so we try and we do that every October so that during that month specifically, the brides can then just drop their dresses off. And then we work with those salons to just get those dress dresses shipped to us so that the brides don't have to worry about that. So if a bride is interested in doing that, then they can go to our website and fill out that donation form. And we can look to see what salon might be close to them for that. Do any of you have any personal ties or anyone in your family that has experienced breast cancer? So part of the reason I actually started with this company is when I left the corporate world, I'm actually an accountant by trade. I was, you know, kind of looking for to do something different. And I kind of felt personally tied to this because my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was 12. My mom, I think was 34 at the time, 34, 35. So she was very young. She had three kids and I don't remember a ton about it. I remember she was sick and that's about all I remember. She fortunately is now 25 years a survivor. Oh, that's amazing. On the unfortunate side, she is now battling liver disease. She did unfortunately get the liver disease from the chemotherapy from, um, of the breast cancer. So that was kind of an unfortunate side effect that we are dealing with. She did get a liver transplant back at the beginning of September. So we're kind of dealing with that as a family, but she is the strongest person I know because she beat breast cancer. She raised three children and still hanging in there. So that's kind of the personal connection I have. One of my very best friends also tested positive for the BRCA gene. What is that? It's one of the newer tests that I, it's probably come out in the last five or 10 years. It is a genetic test that you can have done that will tell you if you are pre predisposed to have breast cancer. I have been tested for it just because of my mom's history and I am mm -hmm. negative for it, which means my mom's breast cancer was not genetic. It is passed down, I believe, through the female genes. I'm not positive on that. My best friend though, tested positive for it, which means she is has an 80% chance of getting either breast cancer or ovarian cancer, I believe, was what showed up in her test. So she chose at the age of 40 to have a, a double mastectomy, which is a preventative is what she did. You know, she's married, she has three kids, and she decided that that was the best course of treatment because then that lowers her chance of developing breast cancer to have no breast tissue. While that's an extreme case, when you test positive for the BRCA gene, it's one of those preventative measures you can have. If you have breast cancer in your family, getting that test so that you know is, is something that you can do. It causes stress, but it is a preventative measure that you can take. Those are kind of two of my personal stories that I have, just kind of based on something that we've been going through. I think it's really important. I've been getting tested since I was 21, just because of the personal connections in my family. I, I definitely think mammograms every year are super important. As early as your insurance will pay for them, push, push as far as you can with that insurance to get them to pay for it. Age 40 is way too late to be getting tested. I agree. And I hope all the listeners are hearing that. 
you know, definitely push and make sure everyone's going to get tested. Absolutely. Yeah, I just turned 40 this year and I've been, I mean, so I've been getting them for now almost 20 years and I, I've already had, I believe, three biopsies at this point and several ultrasounds because of suspicious stuff. I couldn't imagine if I would have waited 20 years to be having those things. Like, I, it's, it's super important to, to have those tests done. Do they hurt or anything? Like, what, what, what would be the reason for women not getting them? I mean, they're not comfortable. Okay. Um, but most of the time, women don't get them because your insurance doesn't pay for them. If you have no background, then your insurance does not pay for them until you're 40. My insurance paid for them at age, starting at age 21, because my mother was pre-menopausal when she had breast cancer. If you have a family history of breast cancer, post-menopausal, they will start covering them at age 30 or 35, I believe. So most of the time you don't get them because your insurance doesn't pay for them. That's, that's pretty much the same answer. Some women are scared to get them because they're afraid that A, they will hurt, or they're afraid if they have cancer in their family, they're afraid of, of what they might find. I think knowledge is power. I think you sh the more that you know, the more that the more you can fight it. If you don't, if you discover you have cancer at stage one, the likelihood of you beating it and the cost of you beating it is going to be less. If you don't find out you have it until stage four, then your survival rate goes down drastically. And Sarah really talks. Thanks for sharing that because that's very personal. Yeah, absolutely. She hits on Thank a really key that. psychological. She's on a key psychological point, which is it can even impact us all, all on this call. But you know. Sometimes you can be afraid to find out the news and that can relate to anything. My, my mom passed away due to colon cancer, not breast cancer, but I do remember being told by the doctor, you know, she had lots of signs and she just didn't want to, she wasn't educated that there were problems or she didn't want to confront it or who knows exactly how people, you know, confront this when it happens to them. They often say that the most classically scared patient in a hospital is a doctor. So doctors can dole out the, uh, the advices, which is awesome and appreciated but they're often considered the worst patients. So, you know, that's why we're just trying to do our best on the awareness, but to a certain degree, discover what motivates people to take action because we try to measure it. We're trying to build systems to measure it. And I do believe that some of the psychology is if you're not going to do it for yourself, right, you're aware of it, you might be scared of it. But if the psychology is why not do this for your family and be there for them? Do you want to leave your kids or your spouse or your parents, you know, going through life without you being there supportive? You know, we're kind of finding that, that angle has some traction. Oh, absolutely. And I, I thank you again, Sarah, for sharing that story and Drew for just your input right there. Cause I definitely agree that it's the awareness, the education and prevention that are key when dealing with something like breast cancer or even colon, colon cancer, any type of cancer, because if you're not aware, you don't know how to get educated. If you're not educated, you don't know how to prevent it. Yeah. So definitely thank you for that, for that story, Sarah and Drew. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I've always been um, very supportive of, of Brother Against Breast Cancer. I know I've been working you guys for a number of years, and I like the positivity that you guys offer to brides and in the, um, the breast cancer community. So it's very well uh, respected. Well, Keith, back at you, you've been definitely one of the biggest supporters of us. It was kind of a delicate time restructuring things and trying to figure out what's the best way to get the messaging out. So uh, if I can just give one huge shout out, you've been uh, incredibly awesome and uh, lots of people have benefited by your generosity. So thank you. Well, thank you. I want to, you know, do as much as I can and hopefully I can do some more. Certainly much appreciated. You know, uh, we do like to have a little bit of fun here. Sarah mentioned kind of earlier, we, we get some various traction on it, but October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month and we're heads down on that. But uh, on the fun note, she mentioned that we started something called National Donate Your Wedding Dress Month and trying to get kind of a, 
you know, like a puppy dog, like, huh, what does that mean? So we try to have a little bit of fun and we really appreciate you uh, helping us get the word out. But, um, okay. you know, our number one job is, as you said, on awareness and education. And uh, probably right behind that is to let women know they need to donate within three years of being married. Otherwise, it just creates a mess because no one can take it as a donation and they can't sell it. And it's just a, a sad situation. And just, it just becomes something hoarded in the closet after yeah. a while. It does. It does. And, you know, psychologically, you kind of get it, but we're trying to get the message out there, uh, you know, to, uh, to be aware of it. Yeah. They should donate it before they get divorced. If you really want to go dark, you know, if they get divorced again, I think the odds of remarrying is like 60%. So then uh, they'll be back at Brides Against Breast Cancer. There you go. A better price dress. <laughs> exactly. Drew and Sarah, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I definitely appreciate all the information you have given to me, Keith, and our listeners. And thank you for being a guest on our show. If you guys have any lasting words that you'd like to share with our listeners, that'd be greatly appreciated. If not, if you could leave whatever social media, any way for them to contact you or find you on whatever website, that'd be great. Well, as far as the website goes, and Sarah, you can jump in, but uh, you know, simply it's bridesagainstbreastcancer.org. I know it's a mouthful, but it's four words, bridesagainstbreastcancer.org, and we have information there on reaching us. And uh, I guess the most important message, even relating to you guys with what you do at MedVets, we get awareness, we get information, but we got to really encourage people to take some action on it. It's so easy to digest information or be overloaded. You know, we get so many messages a day in our life, but really think about what's important. And uh, health is incredibly important. And, uh, you know, parallel to that, we wouldn't have the luxury of talking about our health if our military didn't do the job of protecting us. So we're very appreciative and uh, certainly hope your community can take that to heart. Yes, thank you. Sarah, any last words? I would just say make sure you do your monthly self-chats. You guys go ahead and enjoy the rest of your day and remainder of your week. And I definitely, you know, this will be the first of many. Look forward to doing more work and connecting with you guys and spreading the word. All right, All right thanks well, so much. Well, thank you. All right. Bye. with a really good topic having uh, Drew and Sarah from Brothers Against Birth Cancer. We learn a little bit more about their mission, how they're supporting brides, uh, how they're supporting breast cancer research. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what's interesting to me is that they have to only take the donations if they're three years old and not any older than that. But I think it's a, it's a good idea and something I was thinking about is like how can we help get involved and maybe being that that center for where women can come and donate dresses yeah and get the message out most women are just going to wear the dress one time unless they get divorced two three maybe four times but (laughs) you know more times to uh donate to a great cause absolutely yeah and i really appreciated sarah's story so thank you for that sarah and and drew thank you for all the information that you shared and you know for getting the program up and running it's absolutely amazing and I look forward to see what, what more is going to come of this. But we also learned from this podcast that it, it is truly awareness, education, and prevention that is key. For the millennial brides, make sure that after you've taken your pictures on Instagram and other social media platforms, be ready to donate your dress to Rather Against Breast Cancer. You don't need to put it in your closet or store it. Just donate it. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>